All right. Well, good morning. It is good to be with you in worship today. I, I know that uh, you watch that video and you're like, oh, that's what this series is about. Money. Why did I come today? And if you invited a guest with you, you're even more mortified. You're like, oh no, pastor, can't you talk about Abraham some more? Uh, can't we do, you know, but no, don't talk about money. Uh, that's, you know, that, that's just going to, all the suspicions, everything they thought, now you've just confirmed them. Uh, and so just be at ease. Uh, I, I want to just uh, say I am glad that you're here, whether you are a regular uh, whether you have been coming here for years, whether you are a guest with us today, uh, whether you're online for the first time, we're thankful that you're here. I don't believe it's an accident that you're here. And even though uh, this, this might be something that sometimes feels tough to talk about, uh, Jesus talked about it a lot. And because Jesus talked about it, uh, we need to talk about it. And, and I want to do it in a way uh, that we can just say, Lord, help us to be receptive to your truth and your word. And my prayer is is uh, that we can do this in a way uh, that will glorify the Lord and just help us continue to take steps uh, and move from where we are to where God wants us to be. So we're starting this three-week series, and uh, it is going to be talking about how we can trust God with our resources. Um, and a lot of us trust God with our eternity a lot of us trust God that, that we're going to, you know, we've surrendered our life to Jesus. He's forgiven us of our sins. And we trust God with our eternity, but we're not quite sure whether we want to trust God with our resources. And this three weeks, we're going to be talking about trusting God with our resources. I just want to say um, in our library, uh, we've got a few copies of this book. Uh, the Blessed Life by Robert Morris. Um, and it's not uh, The Blessed Life in your pocketbook. It's the blessed life of experiencing the blessings of God and the goodness of God as we learn to trust the Lord. It's a fantastic book, uh, and it has been influential in this series, and I'm thankful uh, for it, and I would recommend it to you if, if you're saying, hey, I really like this, and, and I need more of this. Uh, we have some copies in the library. You can check them out. Uh, we would love uh, to pass that on to you. Um, so one of our core values here is that we value being a generous people who are wise managers of the resources that God has entrusted to us. That's, that's one of our core values. And uh, we believe that. Uh, we've lived that as a church. Um, and uh, that's really kind of the heartbeat around what we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks. And so the reason we're calling it Return to Sender is because we believe that they are God's resources. We believe that God is the sender. Everything we have, everything that you have, everything that I have has been given to us by God. Uh, that, that God is the sender. And when we talk about giving back to God, we're simply returning to the sender. We're, we're simply saying, Lord, I recognize that you have given me everything I have and I'm gonna give a portion back to you. And so uh, we are going to be taking some notes today. So if you have notes, I'm thankful. Uh, there is a QR code on the screen if you want to use your phone and you want to use version, you can do that. If you like paper notes and you like pens, there's some people in the back that have more paper notes and pens. And if you didn't get one coming in, just raise your hand and they'll bring one to you. But I'd love for us to all kind of lean in. Uh, there are some things that we need to take away from this this morning. And uh, the first note there uh, in your notes is God owns and I manage. God owns and I manage. Um, and in fact, can we just say that together? Let's just say the first part. God owns. Say that with me. God owns. I manage. Do we believe that? I, yeah, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we act like I'm the owner. Um, and, but the reality is scripture teaches us, and, and we're going to see this um, as we go through this today and over the next couple of weeks, that God is the owner and I manage. And so God wants us to be generous with what he has entrusted to us. He wants us to do that. And he also wants us to manage it well. It, it's twofold. Um, so today we're going to talk about our heart Next week, um, so for those of you who are like, oh, okay, I gotta, I gotta skip the next three weeks. Uh, you're already planning it. You're like, I'm organizing my sock drawer next Sunday. Um, I've been meaning to do it for a long time, but next Sunday, 9 a.m., I'm organizing my sock drawer. Um, if you're already kind of thinking that next week, we're gonna get really practical and we're gonna talk about the second half of that core value, which is that we are to be wise managers. And the truth is sometimes we wanna be generous, but we can't be generous because we're in debt up to our eyeballs. 
We can't be generous because we have been poor managers and we've made some decisions that have put us in places that just make it difficult for us to do what we want to do and what God wants us to do. And so next week we're going to talk about how do we, how do we manage better? How do we get out of debt? How do we begin to do the things that, you know, if... If Jesus were here today, what would he say to us? What would Dave Ramsey say to us? And what would your grandma say to us? Kind of stuff. That's what we're going to talk about next week, all right? Um, and then we'll continue on. But, but the reality is it just starts with a heart. So today is all about the heart. And I, I want us to just do a heart check when it comes time to do we really trust the Lord? And so it's been said that when you look at a person's bank account, you can find out what they value most. You can look at their, their register and you can say, okay, where their money is being spent, those are the things that they value the most. And there is a lot of truth to that. Uh, this is the reason that Jesus talked so much about money. Jesus, uh, the, the number one thing that Jesus actually talked about was the kingdom of heaven. He, he talked so much about the kingdom of heaven. All of his parables were about the kingdom of heaven. It was the, the kingdom of heaven has come. So Jesus, more than anything else, talked about the kingdom of heaven and how we can bring the kingdom of heaven here on earth today as his people. Uh, but beyond the kingdom of heaven, most scholars would say the thing that Jesus talked about the second most after the kingdom of heaven was money. Jesus actually talked about money two times more than heaven and hell combined. Why is it that Jesus talked so much about money? The reason that Jesus talked so much about money is because Jesus understood that there is a, there's a string that is connected from our heart to our wallet. It's just true. It's, it's, it's there. It's connected. And whether we like it or not, whether we want to admit it or not, our heart is connected to our wallet. Our heart is connected to our money. And because of that, money has spiritual implications. And how we handle our money has spiritual implications. And so um, in Matthew chapter 7, if you have your Bibles, <clears throat> turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look at a couple of passages in the New Testament, and then we're going to spend most of our time in Deuteronomy 15. But in Matthew chapter 7... Verses 1 and 2, there's a couple of verses. And before we read these and before we really dive in, I just want to pray again. And I just want to ask the Holy Spirit to help us like, not be so tense. Because right now there's a lot of tension in the air. I'm, like, I'm, I'm watching you and you're just like, oh, this is, it's okay. We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. Um, so let's, just, uh, let's pray again. And I just want to ask the Lord to help us in this time to hear from him and to fully be receptive to what he would say. Father, I... I pray right now that you would just uh, move in a mighty way in this place. May your Holy Spirit um, just help us to hear from your word, truth that is grace-filled and loving. Lord, may, may we understand how much you love us. May we as your children and may we as people who are thinking about becoming your children and maybe just exploring faith, God, hear a word from you that would move our hearts and help us in a practical way. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2 um, says this. Do not judge so that you won't be judged. For you will be judged by the same standard with which you judge others. And you will be measured by the same measure you use. Now, let me just ask you a, a quick question. Is there any mention of money in those verses? No mention of money. It's the, this is not about money, all right? This is simply about heart stuff, judgment, um, and hey, don't judge, and how you judge will be given back to you. The, the measure that you give will be measured back to you. If you look over, if you turn over to Luke chapter 6, in your Bibles. <clears throat> Luke chapter 6, verses 37 and 38 is the parallel passage to Matthew chapter 7. So this is the same, this is, Jesus is talking about the same thing here. It's the parallel passage. And again, Matthew has nothing to do with money. And here in Luke chapter 6, verse 37, the first part of it says this, do not judge and you will not be judged. Again, no mention of money here. 
In verse 38, on the back half of that, it says this, for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So again, these are, these are passages about heart issues, all right? Not about money, passages about heart issues. But in Luke chapter 6, verse 37, 38, in between those two phrases that we just read, which is the parallel passage to Matthew chapter 7, there is a verse... It's the first part of verse 38 that you've probably heard. And if you've been in church for any time, you've heard this verse preached, you've heard this verse talked about, and usually when you hear it, it's in the context of money. But the context of this passage is not about money, and we need to understand that. It says this, uh, that the full verse 37 to 38 of Luke says, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And then, he says this, give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, the word money does not appear anywhere in those two verses but usually when they're taught they're taught about hey if you give you'll you'll get it'll it'll be poured out into your life in in some significant way Um, and when we hear the word give we think about money we always do Um, but the word give is throughout the bible for god so loved the world that he gave Uh, giving is throughout the bible we Every, every part of our life is about giving, um, and it's not necessarily always about money, but when we think about this, uh, the reason the title of this sermon is it's all about our heart is because when it comes to giving, it's all about our heart. This, again, this passage is about judgment. It's about condemnation, right? If you give judgment, what are you going to get back? You're going to get back judgment, and it's going to be given to you the same measure that you give it. If you give condemnation, if you're always condemning and always condemning, then what's going to happen? You're going to get, Jesus is saying, you're going to get back whatever you give, and you're going to get it back in a bigger measure than you gave it. If you give forgiveness, then you're going to get back forgiveness in a larger measure than you give. This is the principle of what Jesus is talking about here. And in the midst of all of this, he, he simply says, hey, listen, the, the principle of sowing and reaping is whatever you give, you're going to get back. If you give negative things like judgment and condemnation, you're going to get back judgment and condemnation. If you give good things, you're going to get back good things because of this principle of sowing and reaping. The principle of sowing and reaping says if you plant a seed in the ground, and I know we're not farmers, so we don't get this, but if you put a seed in the ground, it does not come up with one big seed, right? You don't just get one seed back from your one seed you put in the ground. The principle of sowing and reaping that is throughout everything that we do is whatever you plant, you get more back up. You put one seed in, you get a tree or you get a plant that gives you lots of seeds. Um, If you plant an apple seed, you get an apple tree that puts lots of apples and every apple has lots of seeds. So you get lots more seeds from the seed that you plant. Jesus is just saying, hey, if that's true, if whatever you give out, you get more back of, then by all means, give out good things. Give out forgiveness, not judgment and condemnation. And the truth of the matter is, is this applies in the area of our resources, but the context of it is not about money. The context of it is all about our heart. It's all about giving out good things from our heart Because when we give out good things, we get good things back. And when we give out evil things like condemnation and judgment, we get those things back in a greater measure. And so uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, which is the key verse for this whole series, simply says this, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Let Let me just say this, and I don't know how to say this any softer, um, so I'm just going to say it. There are a lot of people that think the church is after my money, and I just want you to know the church is not after your money, Um, but God is. So 
God is after your money. Um, and you just need to know that. Um, and the reason that God is after your money is because God knows that your money is connected to your heart. And so absolutely, without hesitation, you need to know that God is after your money. He wants his kids to learn to trust him. And it is hard for us to trust him. And so he is helping us understand where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Um, if, you know, I, Jesus is the one who said this. I'm not the one who said it. If you put money in a stock, like if you invest in a stock, all of a sudden, you're going to be going on the internet and you're going to be checking how that stock is doing. And you have never checked that stock before, but the minute you invest in that stock, all of a sudden, you're wondering how that stock's doing. Why? Because you've invested your treasure and where your treasure is, your heart is chasing after that. And so all of a sudden, you're invested and you care about that stock. It's the same thing with the kingdom of heaven. If you want to be connected and invested in the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says, where you give your resources, your heart will follow. And this is true of every area. You think about where you've put your money. And wherever you put your money, your mind goes. And you think about it. And you're, you're dwelling on those things. And so um, this is a heart issue. And Jesus in these verses is talking about judgment, condemnation, and forgiveness. He says, hey, listen, and if you give, a larger portion will be given back to you in every area of life, good and bad, and it all is about our heart. And so um, whatever you give, you will get more back of. You just need to know that. So some of us, if we've been giving out some judgment, uh, we just need to stop doing that, right? Because, um, and, and judgment isn't making, uh, making wise discernments, all right? So I, some people get this wrong. Um, judgment is not being aware of something and making a discerning decision, like being aware of, hey, a good judgment is I shouldn't go to that location, right? Now, that's not judging a location. That's just saying, hey, it's probably not a good idea for me to go there, and I'm making a wise choice based on knowing myself, knowing that, like, that's not judgment. Um, the, the idea of judgment is, is when you're looking at it, you're like, oh, look at that person. You, know, you make that face. You ever make that face? So not, none of you do that. Some, somebody, maybe the person next to you does that, you know. And you, you just kind of, oh, I, oh I, you know. And, and you're, you just, you're thinking ill of that person. That's, that's the judgment that we're talking about here. Um, and instead of giving grace and love, giving judgment and condemnation, we just need to know, hey, whatever we give, Again, this is a heart issue. Whether it's money or judgment or condemnation or forgiveness, it will be given back to us in a greater portion. So Deuteronomy 15. We're going to spend the rest of our time hanging out in Deuteronomy 15. And uh, in Deuteronomy 15, there are some ingredients, if you will, of how we can take some steps. Four things that I believe we can do to grow in our generosity. Because uh, the, the reality is there are probably some of us who are here that were saying, hey, I'm maybe not as generous. I, I already know that. Um, it's really hard for me to let go. And, and I'm, I'm holding on to my resources. And so how do we practically take steps towards generosity? How does the Bible teach us to do this? And so four things are mentioned here in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 15. Uh, beginning at verse 7 and 8 in uh, Deuteronomy 15, it says this. If there is a poor person among you, one of your brothers within any of your city gates, in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So like God wants to just remind them, hey, by the way, if there's somebody who's struggling with finances in the land I gave you anyway, you didn't, you didn't get this land. This is the land I gave you. It just reminds us of that on the front end here. Uh, in the land that the Lord your God is giving you, do not be, what, hard-hearted. This, this is a heart issue. Do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards your poor brother. Instead, you are to open your hand to him and freely loan to him enough for whatever need he has. So in your notes, you can write this first note down. The first is just, we need to deal with, with a selfish heart. If we're going to learn to be generous, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to learn to deal with a selfish heart. It goes on in verse 9, and it says this. Um, I love 
I love this. Verse 9 says, be careful that there isn't this wicked thought. So selfishness to God is a wicked thought in your heart. Again, it's a heart issue. The seventh year of the year of canceling debts is near, and you are stingy towards your poor brother and give him nothing, and he will cry out to the Lord against you, and you will be guilty. What in the world is that talking about? If you go back, and I hope you do, um, and you read all of Deuteronomy 15, at the beginning of Deuteronomy 15, God institutes an economic system for the people of Israel where he says every seventh year is going to be what's called the year of Jubilee or the year of canceling debts. And so uh, within uh, the, the, the kingdom that God was establishing, he was saying every seven years, any debts within the kingdom and the nation of Israel on that seventh year, all debts are forgiven. How many of you want to reinstitute God's economic plan right now, right? Um, well, let's, let's make that happen, right? Uh, so, but that's what he's talking about. So what he's saying is, is when, when somebody comes to you and they said, hey, my crops were bad this year, had a really tough time with my, with my the, the crop just wasn't good, can you lend me some money? And you're thinking to yourself, well, it's six and a half years in, and if he can't pay me back in six months, I'm going to have to forgive all this. And you don't want to help him because you're having that kind of like tight-fisted, hard-hearted, I might not get my money back. What, what he's saying here is, hey, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't be selfish in that way. Don't have, and what's interesting is he says, don't have that wicked thought. That, that God actually says, when we start getting tight-fisted like that, he said, that's a wicked thought. And ultimately, that we will end up guilty. And so, um, if you and I can just recognize whenever we have those selfish feelings in, in our heart, that God views that as wicked. What, what he's trying to do is he's dealing with his kids. He's dealing with his children and he's trying to do to his kids what we try to do with our kids. What do we try to do with our kids? We try to help our kids learn to share, learn to be generous, learn, learn to pass things on. And, and that's, that's just what we do. And that's what he's trying to do here. He's saying, hey, I want you to be more like your heavenly father. I want you to be generous, and I want you to give. Um, why, why do you think God created giving? I mean, think about this. Why do you think God invented giving, created giving, and it just made this a whole thing where, where we, we give? Is it, you know, if most people, if I asked and I gave you multiple choice, and one of the multiple choice options was to, you know, uh, help the kingdom of God move forward, to, to further his kingdom. So God needs our money to move his kingdom forward. Most of us would check that box. But just stop and think about that. Right? And sometimes we just say that because it just feels like the right answer. But the reality is, if you think about that, that's silly. God does not need my money. God does not need your money. I, is, is the electric bill in heaven getting too high? And God's like, man, I... Really just needs, you know, are, are, they, are they running out of gold for the gold streets in heaven? Um, and they're like, man, if I could just get a little bit more from so-and-so. If they would just, you know, no. I mean, the reality of this is God does not need our money. The reason that God created, the reason that God invented, if you will, giving and, and made a system of giving for his kids was not for his sake. It's for our sake. God wants his kids to learn to be generous. And this is in your notes, but giving more than any other activity that a believer does works selfishness out of our heart. Giving more than any other activity that a believer does works selfishness out of our heart. You know how I know that's true? Because it's hard to give. And, and the selfishness in us does not want to let it go. And so God knows that about us, and God put a system in place to help us grow in this area. Um, and so this works, uh, this, the, the problem with this is, is sometimes when we teach giving in churches, we teach giving in a way that says, hey, if you give to God, you'll get more back. And the problem with teaching, if you give to God, you'll get more back, is that that doesn't work selfishness out of our heart. That's actually teaching selfishness just in a really wonky way. It's teaching, hey, you know, I want more. 
I'd like to have more back. Wait, if I plant a seed, God's going to give me more back? I mean, well, man, if, if I give away my 2003 car, I'll get back a 2023 car? Like, man, I'm in, right? I, I want to give so that I can get. And I, that doesn't please God because that's giving to get. That's, that's the wrong mentality in the first place. And the heart issue here is saying, hey, I'm selfish and recognizing that just... Sometimes it's good to just like declare it and say, yeah, I struggle with this because we all do at some degree and say, I'm going to learn to trust you, God, and I'm going to be generous. And when we do that, God begins to grow us and God begins to help us. And so um, everything we have is God's anyway. Everything we have is God's anyway. And if, if you're thinking, so let me just quickly give us some things that some, we're thinking. I want to get ahead of some of these things that we might be thinking. If you're thinking, um, man, I, but I give a lot of money. I give a lot of money. And so if you're out there and you're thinking, I give a lot of money, so I'm good here. I just need you to know this isn't about the amount of money. This has nothing to do with the amount of money. Um, it, it, if you would say, I'm struggling and I'm broke and I can't give anything, you need to know this isn't about the amount of money. In fact, if you're really struggling to put food on the table, when this service is over, you need to come talk to me because we want to help you. We want to we want to bless you and we want to find ways to come alongside of you and help you get out of the hole that you're in so that you can find some hope. This isn't about the amount of money. This is about a percentage. And biblical giving is always about a percentage. And and whether you make $1 or whether you make $100,000, or whether you make a million dollars, 10% is equal sacrifice for all of us. And biblically speaking, what God asks back is 10%. And 10% of $1 is the same sacrifice as 10% of $100, as 10% of $100,000. And so if you're giving a lot of money and you're feeling good about yourself, I would just remind you of what Jesus says in Mark chapter 12 when he's watching people dump big buckets of money and he's like not impressed at all because they have so much they were just giving a pittance of what they had. And then there's a woman who gives these two small coins but she gave from a great sacrifice and Jesus praises this woman who gave a way less amount. So it's not about the amount of money. It's about am I trusting God with my heart? And if you're, if you're thinking, uh, well, I, you know, um, I just, I'm okay giving to God, but I just don't trust this church. Uh, right? So I'm okay. I'm okay giving to God, but I don't trust the church. Then, then, Two things. Uh, first of all, you need to know, you've missed it on a couple of places. It's not your money anyway that you're giving. It's God's money that you're just managing. Um, and second of all, if you don't trust the church, then you should go find a church that you can trust so that you can give the percentage that God calls you to give and you can then begin to experience the freedom of walking in the, the obedience that God calls you to do. And I... I I just can't encourage you enough. If, if whatever church you're ever a part of, if you're a guest from out of town and you're visiting from, from another church or if you're a part of this church, if you can't trust the church that you're at, go find a church you can trust. Go find a church you can trust. Uh, because God, it's not about giving to a church. It's about giving to God through a church so that the church uh, can, can do the things and, and accomplish all the things that God wants. And the reality is if you don't, give to a church, God will provide because our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Um, our God is the great provider. Um, there is not a need. We're, we're doing really well as a local church. You should know that. Um, we currently um, <clears throat> are debt-free. That's going to change a little bit here soon because um, uh, we're building back here. But but other than that building, which we see as an investment, in the same way that we would say if you have mortgage debt, um, your mortgage is not debt, it's an investment. Um, other than uh, this building that we're building, which we're investing in the future, uh, we, we don't have debt. Uh, we have reserves set aside. We're, we're, we're doing well. This is not a sermon because we're hurting and, and the church like, hey, we got we to do a money series because we're really low. on. Re That's actually not the case. This is about you growing in discipleship. It's not about a need that we have right now in this very moment. And so <clears throat> um, 
If you think this series is about money, you missed it. This is about your heart, and it's about my heart, and it's about doing a heart check. So number one, we have to deal uh, with a selfish heart. Number two, we have to deal with a stingy heart. Um, And that sounds kind of the same, but there's a slight difference. In fact, some translations here uh, in this verse that we're going to look at in verse 10 uh, use the word a grudging heart or a grieving heart. And so listen to this in verse 10. Verse 10 says, give to him and don't have a stingy heart when you give, right? So the selfish heart attacks us before we give. The stingy heart or the grudging heart or the grieving heart, depending on what translation you, attacks us after we give. So I don't know if you've ever done that. You've ever given something and you've been like, oh, that kind of hurt. And then you begin to grieve uh, what what you just gave. So it goes on and says, give to him and don't have a stingy heart when you give. Because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you do. So in other words, when you give and you give with the right heart, God says he'll bless you in everything you do. But that is the reward, not the motive. If you give with the motive of I'm gonna give so God will bless me in everything I do, then, then I don't believe God's pleased with that. But it is a true reward. When we give with the right heart, And the right heart is, I'm just going to give because I want to grow in my generosity and I want to get rid of this selfish heart that I have. And I believe God has put a system in place to help me get rid of my selfishness. And I believe that. Then then God is able to bless us. When we give and we're like, okay, I'm going to give. This is a way better investment than the lotto, right? I'm going to give here and then God's going to give me more back. Then we've given with the wrong heart to begin with. Um, I don't... It's random. So um, I have been pastoring for a long time, and you would think by now, when I have these moments that like fly through my head, I would keep them to myself. Um, but that doesn't always work. I'm literally preaching on money right now. And as I'm preaching on money, I'm thinking, you know, after church is over, we're going to lunch. And I forgot my wallet at home. Um, <laughs> completely random thought. Uh, and I don't have any way to pay for that lunch. Um, and so... I should start saying those random thoughts more. (laughs) Let's talk about that for a minute. Why did Jim jump up that quick and give me this $50? Because I gave it to him before church started. (laughs) And I asked him to give that to me right then. My wallet's in my back pocket. I was all illustration. All right, so um, that's my money. I gave it to Jim. I said, hey, will you give this to me when I ask, you know, like when I, Jim, you're not grieving giving that back to me, are you? (laughs) Maybe a little bit. (laughs) Um, The the thing is, is like, we don't, the, the stingy heart, the grieving heart, the the, the grudging heart when we give and we're like, oh man, and we start feeling bad that we gave and we start like regretting that we gave. That only happens when we thought it was our money in the first place. If we recognize that's God's money and I'm just giving it back to God, then there is no grudging. There's no, there, there, there's no stingy heart. It's just like we're grateful to give it back. And so thank you, Jim, for helping me out uh, with that. Um, and so, um, you know, we, the reality is, is we need to, to grow out of this. Psalm 24, 1 through 2 says this, the earth and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants belong to the Lord. Everything I have, everything you have is God's. So when I just said that's my money, that's actually not my, that's God's money that he's entrusted to me for a little bit for me to give to Jim for, you know, and I had to ask it, I had to ask Melanie for that because I don't even get to carry cash. Uh, So uh, last night she had to give me that. So I was like, hey, I need some money. So anyway, um, you know, we don't, we don't give what's ours. We give what's God's and, and we just give it back to him and and we're just managing his stuff. Um, So The third thing is we need to develop a generous heart. Number three, we need to develop a generous heart. So we've got to deal with our selfish heart before we give. 
We've got to deal with that grieving, stingy, grudging heart after we give. And we've got to develop a generous heart. And, and how, do we, how do we develop a generous heart? Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 14, it goes on and it says this. It says, give generously to him from your flock, your threshing floor, your wine press, you are to give him, listen to this, whatever the Lord your God has blessed you with. And so there's just this important reminder here in Deuteronomy that generosity flows from the attitude that everything I have, God has given to me. Everything I have, God has, has blessed me with. And so um, one of the first things, if you have kids, um, one of the first things that we have to do uh, with our kids is teach them to be generous, right? Um, we teach them, hey, you need to share, right? <clears throat> and, and what happens is, you know, somebody will come over and a kid's playing with this toy over here and your kid's not playing with that toy at all and your t kid immediately runs over and picks that toy up and says, you know, that's mine. I was playing with that toy. Um, and, <clears throat> and then the kid goes over and starts playing with another toy. No, 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 I was playing with that toy. And it's just this, this real uh, something in us. We're born with selfishness. It's in all of us that so there's a book that we have in our house called The Minosaur. I don't know if we have that picture. Uh, <clears throat> the Minosaur. Uh, I'm going to read you a couple pages of The Minosaur. Uh, read this to my kids last night. Again, I've read it to all of my kids. Uh, fantastic book. Um, it starts off, it says, One morning before Mrs. Raptor rang the bell, the dinosaurs were playing in the schoolyard. And all of a sudden, they heard a roar, mine, mine, mine. Oh, no, muttered Stegosaurus. Here comes the Minosaur. He snatched the jump rope and the ball. He threw the cars against the wall, and he roared to one and all, mine, mine, mine. Iguanodon said, that's not fair. Triceratops said, you should share. But the Minosaur yelled, I don't care. They're mine, mine, mine. If you want to know the rest, you'll have to get it on your own. Um, <clears throat> so uh, parents, highly recommend it. It's good. Um, I don't know if it has fully worked in our household, but it's helped. Uh, so, but the reality is we have to teach our kids to share. We have to teach our kids, hey, don't be like the Minosaur. Um, and the reality is, is um, we're, we're just born with this selfish nature in us. And so we're trying to teach this to our kids. Uh, and sometimes I think God looks at us and God says, when are you going to grow up? When are you going to become more like your heavenly father? And when are you going to be generous like your heavenly father instead of being like a minosaur? Because sometimes God looks at us and we look like the Minosaur. And we're the ones saying, it's mine, mine, mine. And, and, and when we see that, when we talk about our kids, we're like, yeah, kids need to be more generous. But then we think about our own lives and, and where we are. In fact, um, I don't know if you can go backwards um, and pull up those stats about uh, U.S. giving. I know it's a, a little bit back, but I just, just so that we can recognize how uh, poorly, we do this as American Christians. Um, as American Christians, um, we make $5.2 trillion annually. That's more than half of the world's Christian income combined by American Christians. Um, and of all of that resource, only 5%, according to statistics that has studied hundreds of thousands of churches, only 5% of churchgoers tithe. And uh, that only 5%, so there 95% of people sitting in churches do not tithe and trust God with their resources in the way Scripture calls us to. And if you look at the average weekly giving amount of the churchgoer is $17 per week in America. And that's $73.67 a month, $884 a year. That's the average churchgoer giving in America. And, and so I think when I, when I look at stats like that, I think, my goodness, we are so much like the Minosaur. Um, and I'll just tell you, our church is, is better than that, um, that, that we're a higher percentage than that. Uh, but, but nationally, that, that's kind of the, the percentage of the, the church 
at large. And so we have to deal with this stingy heart. Um, and we have to uh, grow in our, in our generosity in this way. And so um, one, one of the things that, that I want to do is just kind of tell you our story. Um, and I, I don't know if I've ever told Melanie and I's story of learning to trust God with tithing. Um, but we both grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor. I knew about tithing. I knew about trusting God with tithing. Like, th- this was not new for me. Um, she grew up in the church. She knew about this. She'd heard teaching on this. But yet, uh, as college students, we still were not trusting God in this way. And, and we both had, you know, varying incomes. And um, I was, here I am preparing for ministry, and I still wasn't. Oh, and so we were giving, but we weren't giving in a systematic, trusting, 10% way. Um, and it was after we got married, uh, we went to uh, live in Kansas, where I was working uh, on my master's degree for seminary. And, you know, so I'm going to seminary to be a pastor. And we're like, it, we, we were under the teaching of uh, David Busick at uh, a church. And uh, some of you r- might remember David Busick who preached here a, a while ago. Um, and, and we were under his teaching. And, and we just began to say, like, we've got to trust the Lord in this way. We've, we've got to be obedient. I was working part-time as a waiter at KC Masterpiece Barbecue and Grill. Um, and she was my sugar mama uh, because she was an elementary teacher making all kinds of money. You know how much money elementary teachers make, right? They're like, huge money as an elementary teacher, right? So she's, she's my sugar mama as an elementary teacher. I'm going to school full time and uh, working part time as a waiter. And we, we did not have a lot of money. Uh, we were living in a pretty rough apartment. Um, and we had between the two of us somewhere around forty dollars or $50,000 in school debt. Um, and we were in the Kansas area. Um, Melanie was born and raised in South Florida. And so uh, just the, I, you know, every winter she would say to me, have I told you I hate it here lately? Um, and she would smile, um, you know, but it was, you know, she was, she was just freezing to death and she was just like, God has got to call us back to Florida. And I was like, listen, we are not going to put God in a box. We're going to pray and we're going to seek the Lord, but we're, we're just going to trust God. She's like, yeah, but God's got to put, bring us back to Florida. Like, you know, and, uh, cause she was just freezing, uh, in, in Kansas and, um, and then on top of all of that, um, we had been trying to have a kid unsuccessfully. Um, and so there was just a lot going on when we said, okay, we're going we're gonna to begin to trust the Lord and we're going to begin tithing. And fast forward a year later, a year, year and a half later, um, and through different circumstances, I had been in the Army Reserves um, and I got deployed to Afghanistan uh, with the army, spent a year in Afghanistan, and in that year while I was in Afghanistan, um, we were able to, while she was teaching, and she moved home uh, with her parents in Florida um, while I was gone at that time, um, and in that year, we were able to, with my military income and hers, we were able to pay off all of our debt. Um, we were able to put a nest egg aside uh, when I came home on my two-week leave, she got pregnant. Um, and, um, and so here we are a year later, year and a half later, we're living in the very place that she wanted to live, that, that she hoped and dreamed she could live. We, we had a baby, uh, or six months away, we were gonna have a baby. Um, and uh, we were debt-free. And we've been able to live most of our marriage, and I say most of our marriage, uh, debt-free other than our mortgage. And I, I, the reason I say most is because there have been seasons in our life where we've been stupid. Um, and there've been seasons in our life where um, th- this is why these sermons are good for me. And I'll just tell you, God steps on my toes long before he gets to yours. Um, and so even though we know a lot of right things, there are things, times where we've found ourselves back in consumer debt. And we've, we've done some things that have just been unwise. And, uh, but God has been so good to us. 
and God has taken care of us and God has met our needs and, and we continue to trust God and we continue to say, Lord, um, we've seen your hand of goodness. Meet our needs. Take care of us. When, when we were living in a ratty old apartment as a waiter and as an elementary teacher with dollars $50,000 $50, in debt and not knowing how we were going to make ends meet, we said, oh, Lord, we're going to trust you. And God, again, we didn't give so that God would do all that. We had no idea what God had in store. And there were some challenges in that. There were some difficult things. And going to Afghanistan was not, you know, it wasn't a vacation for a year. Um, but yet God took some circumstances and some things and he worked it out for the good in our life. And we've just seen him prove true. And, and I know that if, if I were to ask them to, and I'm not going to ask you to, but if I were to ask you to, I know that there are people in this room that are faithfully tithing and giving over a tithe that if I asked them to right now to raise their hand, they would, and they would say, come talk to me, and I'll tell you a story that'll trump the pastor's story. Come talk to me, and I'll tell you a story of God's goodness and God's faithfulness in my life as I've trusted God with my resources. And so um, the, the point of all of this is that God wants us to trust him with our heart. It's not about the money. It's not about how much and it's not about any of those things. It is about trusting the Lord with our resources. Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 to 21 again says this, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So it's all about heart check. Now, the reason that we call this sermon, it's all about the heart, is this. Whether you are loving this sermon today, or whether you are really regretting coming and wishing you would have been organizing your sock drawer. Either way, it's a heart check. Either way, God is giving us all a heart check this morning to say, where is my heart? Um, and, and sometimes it's painful to have a heart check. But, but the reason that our money and our wallet are connected and the reason Jesus talked about money so much is money is a tangible way for us to check our vitals and to check our heart and to say, how am I doing in my trust of God? And we can say, I trust God, but this is a tangible way where we can actually check and we can say, how is my heart doing? And so um, the, the last thing you can write in your notes, uh, point number four is, uh, is this, develop a grateful heart. And uh, verse 15 says this, um, Verse 15 of Deuteronomy chapter 15 says, Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and that the Lord your God redeemed you. And that is why I'm giving you this command today. So the command that he's talking about is the command to be generous. And the reason that God says, I'm giving you this command is you were once slaves and I set you free. And therefore, out of all that I've done for you, I'm commanding you to be generous to others. And, and, and it just, it becomes a place where we say, am I going to follow the command of God to be generous? Or am I gonna continue to wrestle with that selfish heart before I give, wrestle with that grudging heart after I give? Am I, gonna, am I gonna grow in my generosity or am I gonna be more like that minosaur? And am I gonna say, no, it's mine, mine, mine. Um, and my prayer is that is, is even next week as we talk about practically, because again, I know there are some of you who are out there, there are some of you who are watching online who would say, that all sounds great, but there's just no way. There's just no way where I'm at right now. And, and so I want to, next week, we're going to get real practical on how can you manage your resource as well? Because it's about generosity and being a wise manager. And sometimes the problem isn't that you don't want to be generous. Sometimes the problem is you just don't even know how to be generous because you have made some poor management decisions and you're in a place that you don't want to be and you don't know how to get out of that place. And so next week, we're going to talk about that. But today, I just want to pray and I want to I wanna invite you to say, Lord, will you help my heart? Will, will you help me be open 
to being obedient to you in this area of generosity because this is something that is important, uh, but it's really, really hard, and we can only do it with God's help. So I want to pray with you. Would you bow your heads? Father, I just ask right now that you would help us in these moments be open and be receptive to what you want to do in us. Lord, I I pray that you would um, help us to not allow Satan to distract us with with all kinds of arguments that... um, that would be sideways of what you would want to do in our hearts. And we would just come to the place where we would say, Lord, I I want to trust you. I want to trust you more than I trust in my stuff. I want to trust you more than I I trust in the the things of this world. I want to put my hope and my trust in you. And and Lord, that, that you would help us have an open hand and an open heart. Lord, I thank you for how you've helped us as a church. Lord, how you've blessed us as a church. Lord, even as we have given uh, 15 and 20% off the top before we use any resources for ourselves, Lord, as a church, we have seen your faithfulness. We've seen how good you are that the more we live open-handedly, the more you take care of our needs. The more you are able to help us accomplish all that you want us to accomplish. Lord, we just pray right now that you would help us, help our hearts. And Lord, for those that are here that aren't following you yet, and they've just heard money, 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 Lord, I pray that you would help them understand that before you ever want anything from them, you want something for them. That you want them to experience your love and your grace and your forgiveness and your mercy, and and you always give to us first. You are a good God. You are a gracious God who pours out your blessings on us first before you ever ask for anything in return. It's because we were once slaves and you've set us free that we give. And so, Lord, I pray that before they even hear a message about money, they would hear the message about your love. They would hear the message that you are a God who can deliver them from the bondage that they're in, that you are a God who can set them free from the slavery that they find themselves in, whatever that might be. And Lord, that they would be set free and out of response of your goodness. They would begin to trust you and break selfishness in their heart. We love you, Lord. We thank you for what you are doing and for your grace and your mercy in our lives. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a closing song. um, And um, before we uh, sing that closing song... um, I just, uh, if you prayed that prayer, if you're, if you're here and you're like, I didn't need the money thing, but I need to learn to trust God, uh, then I would just say, um, there's, there's an opportunity, there's, there's communication cards in the seats in front of you, and we're just going to sing this next song, and uh, after we sing the song, we're going to receive an offering, and if, if you're a guest with us, we don't want you to put anything in that basket. We would love for you to put that communication card in that basket. If you have a prayer request, if you have a need, if you have a concern, let us know so that we can be praying for you. Uh, but would you stand, and let's worship the Lord in song.